comes jumping off my Chinese house. Two ducks in my spyglass, furry as a mouse. It's a suey nature, a suey nature thing. It's a suey nature, a suey nature thing. It's a mighty fine, mighty fine, mighty Welcome to Yarns at Yin Hu, a podcast about the fiber arts and other post-apocalyptic skills. Episode 212, Tidings of Comfort and Joy, Sunday, December 16th, 2018. I'm your host, Sarah. You can find me on social media as Sarah Pomegranate. The Yarns at Yin Hu podcast has a Facebook page. And it's available on iTunes. Each time I post an episode, I put show notes, photographs, and links to things I talk about on my website, yarnsatyinhu.com. Today's episode features the following segments, the back porch, the front porch, and so forth. Hello and welcome from drizzly and dreary Delaware Water Gap, Pennsylvania. It's not very festive or Christmassy weather-wise today, but yesterday I had an amazingly festive and fun day, and I thought I would share a little bit about it because I met some listeners and I wanted to say hello. I began the day at Hope's Favorite Things in Richmond, Pennsylvania, where I had volunteered to do a demo on the blending board and using the Turkish spindle. So I went over in the morning and picked out some different colors to create a really festive and sparkly set of roll legs. And throughout the day, there was a steady flow of lovely customers and some listeners also. And I demonstrated how to use the blending board, giving some tips that have resulted from mistakes I've made along the way, and demonstrating spinning on a drop spindle, specifically a Turkish drop spindle. I was so pleased to meet Peg and Mary, Susan and Jenna, who came through the shop. And then later on in the afternoon, Samuel and I had been thinking about doing something around this time of year. We like to go to a quaint town within driving distance and walk around, pick up a few last gifts or stocking stuffers, have a drink, and just kind of enjoy the holiday season. And I had it on my mind to try something that is a little bit further than we normally go for one of these jaunts, which was to Narrowsburg, New York, this really charming town along the Delaware. And they have, for two weekends in December each year, I think this is the seventh year, they have something called Indie Mart. And it's an independent market, a very well curated market of local and regional vendors sending, selling a lot of handcrafted things, one-of-a-kind 
beautiful things, just the type of things we like to give as gifts and we like to have in our home. And we tried going to this market two years ago. I had it all set up. We had a nice early start. It was this beautiful December day and we were driving up to Narrowsburg, which is north of where we live. And we hit these really amazing snow squalls. And for about 10 miles, I kept thinking we would pass through them or they would just stop. Uh, That's often the way it is with snow squalls in the higher elevations, but then they just didn't. And so we decided that it was a little too dangerous um, to keep going and that we had better turn around. Before we were really in trouble, there was no one else on the road. And so we headed back down into the valley and I think we ended up cutting our Christmas tree and decorating it that day. And then we just haven't been able to get it together to get back to Narrowsburg until yesterday we decided at about three o'clock that we would go and the market is only open until six. So we arrived for the last hour and 15 minutes of the market, which was incredible. It, w- it was just the most wonderful selection of products and all of the vendors were just eager to talk and ask questions and uh, get to know you as a customer. It was a really wonderful experience. Within about 15 minutes of arriving, we had already been talked into attending a percussion event at a local theater later that evening. And so it seemed like we were totally making a night of being in Narrowsburg. So then we needed to figure out where we were going to have dinner because that really hadn't been in the plan. And there was this lovely restaurant across the street from the Arts Center where the Indie Mart was being held and there weren't any reservations until 7.30 and the show started at 8. And then I decided that we didn't have enough gas to get back home. So I went off in search of gas and Samuel kind of stalked the bar seats. (laughs) And by the time I came back from getting gas, the bar was empty We sat and had an incredible meal at the Heron restaurant. We were served our appetizer by Marla, the owner, and had some wonderful wine, and it was just cozy and festive and beautiful inside, and everyone was just really vibrant with holiday cheer and warmth. And then we went to this amazing um, interactive percussion event at Tustin Theater in Narrowsburg that was a one-man show by a drummer named Billy Martin. And he had about, oh, I don't know, 50 or 60 percussive instruments on the stage. And he was just improvising rhythms. He was also doing some looping of sound so he would record something and then play over it record again and then after he got some more experimental sounds he would go over to his drum kit and play along with that 
And then the last half hour of the performance was completely interactive. He talked about going, I think it was near Waco, Texas. He went to some kind of gorge or some sort of national park or something where there were rock formations all around and then a pretty dense array of grasses. And he described how when he was walking through it, there were insects in the grass and he would hear some on the right, some on the left, then sometimes like a cacophony of sound and then it would die down as he walked along. And he had this idea that he really wanted to create that in a percussive performance. So he enlisted our help and distributed a whole bunch of kind of makeshift instruments and encouraged us to dig through our belongings and see if we had other things that would make sound. And then we came up with a percussive sound that was three beats. And everyone had their own kind of signature beat. And then he conducted us. So he would have sound from the right, sound from the left, everyone, more volume, less volume, speed up, slow down. And for about a half an hour, he just interacted with us. And then eventually when we sort of developed a rhythm, he went back to his drum kit and kind of played along with our background. Oh, it was, everyone was just in the most wonderful mood and feeling so lively and it was engaging. And then sometimes I just stopped doing my little sounds and just listened to what everyone else was doing. It was really lovely. So Indy Mart Narrowsburg is now on our list of things to do in December. They run two weekend markets. Each weekend has a completely different vendor list, which is well promoted. I will link to this on my podcast uh, show notes in case you are local or relatively local and you're interested. So each weekend has a completely different list of vendors and the market is, I think, Friday afternoon or evening and then during the day on Saturday and Sunday. And the town also has a host of really charming shops, none of which we were able to shop in because we were there so late. And after we went through the Indie Mart, we really didn't have time. But another time, it's certainly worth making a whole day of it. And then in addition to the Tustin Theater, there's also the Emerald Ballroom, which has live music and a bar. So it's a great way to go sort of afternoon through evening. One of the vendors I was very excited to see was Annie of Fisher Cat Fiber Company. And she's also responsible for the amazing classes and learning that are happening at Fiber on Main. She had some botanically dyed yarn and beautiful cards with prints and then directions on the back for doing dyeing with different plants like onion skins and things like that. So I purchased a set of her beautiful cards and also some 
thread for sashiko mending that was dyed with indigo. It's absolutely beautiful. And Annie and I were um, sashiko mending twins. We both had our stitched jeans on and one of the other vendors took a photo of us. I'll have to see if I can find it on Instagram. But um, we got a photo, I think, of our knees, <laughs> our, our coordinating knees. And that was really kind of a highlight of the Indie Mart experience. On the back porch is my most recent sock design. It's due for publication in early February and has kind of a Valentine's Day theme. It's really pretty cabled panel and some interesting sock features, the way I always like to put interesting sock features in my design so that if you like them, you can adapt them and use them in other socks that you knit. So there's some really cool features and I knit my first pair, the pair that I knit as I was figuring out the design. It's in Carol of Foster Sheep Farms, wonderful Northumberland base. Carol dyes this yarn. It's U.S. made sock yarn. It's 80% superwash merino and 20% nylon with 410 yards to 100 grams. I love, love, love this sock yarn. And I usually pick something that's a little more variegated in color. But it ended up that Carol's yarn was very picked over when I went to make a selection at Rhinebeck this year. And I came away with something more muted and it ended up working out really well in this pattern. It's kind of a tonal gray leaning purple and it's really shows off the cable design nicely. So I had a lot of fun knitting these socks with Carol's yarn. And my next pair that I'll knit along with my test knitters is going to be a new base that I'm trying out for Lisa of Fiber Nymph Dye Works. So I will post a photograph of the yarn and I will let you know my knitting experience as I try this out. It's something she is considering for her shop. She asked me if I would be willing to test it out. I think she's investigating both fingering weight and DK weight versions of this yarn and of course her beautiful dyeing. So I'll be testing that out and letting you know. And then a third yarn that I'll be knitting with is something that Hope of Hope's Favorite Things is dyeing up. So I'll see how these socks knit up in that yarn as well. So there's a lot of sock knitting in my future. I'm pleased to have received the green light from Ellen, Twinset Ellen, who does a fabulous job tech editing my patterns and who I learn from each time I send her something. Not only do I get back the results of errors that I made and things that I could improve, but I really feel like I learned something about the process of designing and working with her. So that is enjoyable and well worth the investment. And she gave me the green light for test knitters. Four test knitters are all signed up. Thank you, thank you. And they'll be 
flashing their progress during the month of January when they're doing their knitting. So look for Venus and Cupid coming in early February. I've been knitting on a pair of socks that I set aside while I was plugging away on my design and then eagerly picked up again after I finished that. It's a pair of vanilla socks in Joanna of Knitspin Farms self-striping yarn. The colorway is radish. It's based on five different varieties of radish that she and her partner Bill grow on their homestead. And I chose Tarhi nylon fingering weight yarn. And this yarn knits up into a dense sock. It is plush. I think I've mentioned that before that I just I really feel like these are going to wear well. Therefore, my sister, who's a homesteader herself in Vermont, and I think she's going to really appreciate these. I'm just doing a little bit of a slip stitch whenever the stripe changes color. There's two wide stripes in this sequence and then three narrower stripes. And I had an idea that I could work it out to get the heel flap and heel turn on the two wide stripes and then just pick up with the narrow and I was able to achieve that. So I have quite a nice consistency of striping which I'm pretty excited about. And then I worked on a toe that I thought would be comfortable for my sister's very wide foot, uh, especially the ball of her foot is really wide and so I wanted a toe that didn't come to such a narrow closure. So I worked on sort of a decrease pattern that would give a more rounded toe and I'm eager to see how these fit her. When I knit socks for my sister Laura and my mom, their shoe size is similar enough to mine that I can just use my own foot as a gauge and make it just a little bit small for my foot, but Jessica has a much smaller foot size. So I asked her to send me a cardboard tracing of her foot and she very willingly obliged. And I've just been using that to gauge the size of the sock. And so it's possible that it will not work and the sock will be too tight or too short and I'll have to do a little bit of revision. Uh, but there's plenty of yarn, so that will be fine. And right now I'm just hoping for the best and having a lot of fun knitting these. The stripes, as you know, sock knitters, the stripes make it go very quickly. And I think within about a day I should be finished with the second sock. It seems like the time of year to take stock in one's making and make plans for the upcoming year. I think in a future podcast, I'll talk about my 2018 makes and do a little bit of reflection on my progress over the course of this year. But for right now, I just have stars in my eyes about all of the things that I would like to knit in the coming year. One of them, of course, is Yell, a beautiful colorwork cardigan 
kind of a cropped cardigan designed by Marie Wallen. And after knitting her Lovage design, I've just, I can't stop thinking about intricate color work. And so on Small Business Saturday, I set my alarm, which is something I rarely do, set my alarm to shop at the Woolly Thistle because I wanted to order the yarn for Yell. And I wanted to order some Let Lopi to do color work on Sea Change by Jennifer Steingast, which is a gift pattern from Sarah that I've had in my library for quite a while. And I think this January it will be time to knit Sea Change. So I picked out some colors for the color work. I have charcoal colored let low be for the body of the sweater and then I've also been attracted to a design by Cerulea Rose called Nimue which is in issue 27 of Pom Pom magazine the cable issue I was listening to the Pom Pom podcast or the Pom cast Nora Gon was talking about her stint as a guest editor of the magazine and she, of course, being so prominent in terms of cable designs, wanted some cable designs in the collection for that issue. And she was really taken with something of Cerulea Rose's. And it has a super striking cable design in the front and sort of oversized sleeves Something that would go well over a sleeveless or short-sleeved top or dress as a layering piece. And it's pretty significant yardage. So I was searching through my stash to see what might work. Uh, I think it's about 1,200 yards of DK weight. And I've had some superwash merino sport weight yarn it's in a really delightful steel gray color and it it's yarn that I've been reluctant to knit with because I am not knitting with a lot of superwash yarns for garments but I purchased this yarn with the best of hopes and I was really excited about the yarn when I bought it and I've been thinking about you know whether it would be appropriate to give it away or to knit it out of my stash. And I think I'm going to knit with it. I think that it will work well and it will be rather convenient to have a sweater that I can put in the regular washing cycle, especially since I think this kind of layering piece is something I might wear frequently. So I think I'm going to give that a go. My most immediate projects are three, and these are the things that I feel pretty confident are going on my needles very soon. One is another version of the Ducat, this time following more closely to Kate Davies' instructions of a cropped sweater, and I'll be knitting this in some cotton comfort yarn from Green Mountain Spinnery. I think I have yardage that's appropriate, and I'm, it's a, I think it will knit up quickly, So I'm really eager about that. I'm also going to do some gift knitting for Samuel. There's a cowl 
that I want to knit him with yarn that I bought. We purchased together at Rhinebeck and he picked it out. And I think I'm going to do a modified version of the string band cowl. String band is a convertible hat cowl that Samuel has never worn as a hat. He only wears it as a cowl. And the first version I knit him was, I knit it according to instructions, but instead of using fingering weight yarn, I had lace weight alpaca held double. So it's super drapey and I've been wanting to knit him something out of wool. He found some wool yarn that he thought was really soft and supple and not likely to irritate his neck. He's rather sensitive. It's in a DK weight though, so I will need to adjust the stitch count in the pattern accordingly. I have a dark color, nearly black, uh, from Karen Kennedy, and then I have a lighter color from Battenkill Fiber Mill. This cowl has alternating stripes, and then it has a band. It has... Um, sort of a casing for an I-cord closure, and then it has a button band for some beautiful buttons that Samuel picked out also at Rhinebeck. I think I can whip this up, but I do need to get started on it. So that is going on my needles very, very soon. And I also want to knit a hat and mittens set for myself in Blacker Yarns Tour. I have two skeins of the beautiful pink color and I plan to knit the wood hollow hat and mitten set. It's really wonderfully cabled, designed by Kirsten Kapoor and I have the perfect faux fur, maybe, I don't know if it's faux, it might be real fur, hat topper, the just massive pom-pom that snaps on so you can remove it and wash your hat if you need to do that. And I'm very excited about adding that to the top of the hat. So that hat and mittens will probably be my over the holiday break knitting. And then I'll also get the ducat going and think about which of the other sweater designs to start knitting as soon as I finish those. I just feel full of, I feel bursting with plans for knitting. I don't know if it's the season or just feeling super inspired, but when my yarn came from the Woolly Thistle, I very nearly dropped everything and cast on Yell. And I know it's going to take a lot of brain power, so I thought maybe that wasn't such a good idea and I did put it away on my shelf, but I was really excited. My other purchase from the Woolly Thistle, I got a big package this year, <laughs> was a little village. My mom and my grandma, uh, my aunts, everyone has a little Christmas village as part of their decorating. And I love them, but I've never really felt moved to have one of my own because a lot of what I see is more in a colonial style, and that's not really in keeping with Yin Hu. So I don't know, I just haven't gone there. But Corrine talked about these little ceramic, um, it's Kirk, Croft, and Bothy 
a church, a croft house, which is kind of like a Scottish version of a farmstead house, and then a bothy, which is like an even smaller version of a little farmstead house. And these are wonderfully crafted, kind of, um, they're very unpolished and rough, but with a touch of color. And they're quite tiny and sweet. I just fell in love with these pieces. She had beautiful photographs of them on the Woolly Thistle website, and I ordered a little village. When it came, I immediately set it up, and we found that we had a few uh, hand-turned little wooden trees and another little wooden ornament that we added. They're not really to scale, but they look sweet. And so we have on our windowsill um, in front of the sink this beautiful little holiday village. And every morning when I make my coffee, I look at the village because Samuel has rearranged it after doing dishes the night before. So it's always kind of a surprise how the village is going to look. My only regret is that I didn't order a piece in each of the colors. These are, oh, I should mention, um, these are crafted by Allison Borthwick. And the name of her business is Buchlevy, not sure, Buchlevy Pottery. And she's in Scotland. She's very near where Karine grew up. And she crafts these beautiful little pieces. And they're in kind of a red, a blue, a green, and then there's a yellow. And I didn't order a piece in the yellow. So that's like the missing part of the collection. And as soon as there's one available, I'm going to add it. It's kind of my most favorite aspect of holiday decorating at this point. Um, and you know I love the Rauschemann, the smoking men that we have collected over the years, but this village is really touching my heart. The final piece of my making over the holiday season is an idea I have to make a dress for New Year's Eve. Bovine Social Club has been invited to play first night in Saratoga Springs, which is a very special occasion. And I've thought about, of course, the silk Kiyomi dress that I've worn to a wedding and which is good for festive dressy occasions. But I thought maybe I would have enough time to make something else. And I started looking through patterns and fabric that I have, and I was given the gift a few months ago of a panel that is a print by Gustav Klimt called The Kiss, which is gold. The I'm not sure if the fabric really has metallic threads in it, but it gives off a kind of golden metallic sheen. And of course, there's a very ornate and um, rich looking colors and textures in this print by Gustav Klimt. 
And it, the panel, I believe, is enough to eke out a front dress panel. In the same package, Mary Beth sent me a pattern for a dress from her Japanese pattern book. It's pretty simple. And I was thinking that I could try a dress that's fully lined. It's a sleeveless dress, and I have some black fabric that would work well for the back. So it's really all party in front and very plain in the back. And then I was thinking of getting some acetate or some sort of slippery kind of lining that would make it very easy to wear and not cling to tights or anything that I would be wearing under it. And that would be a good blend of a simple silhouette with the added difficulty of doing a fully lined dress, which I haven't done before, although the burrito method for the metamorphosis dress is the technique that I will use to do the complete lining. And I've really been rolling this around in my mind, and I think I'm ready to commit to cutting that out sometime this afternoon and then doing the sewing maybe a little bit later. So that's making and my plans for the upcoming few weeks. I hope that everyone is doing well, keeping their breath calm and their minds cool in this crazy holiday season. There can be a lot of fun opportunities, but also it can be very difficult sometimes dealing with family, missing people who aren't around, uh, resisting the temptation to compare ourselves and our lives with everyone around us. It can be really challenging. So I wish you all well. I give you tidings of comfort and joy, and I'll talk to you again in the next episode. Bye.